I'm so glad you've joined us. My name is Sharon Feckety, the host of the Broken Road to Mental Health podcast. So we are all on this broken road together, everybody. We are under construction and we're going to go through this together. One of the reasons I decided to create this podcast was because the only way to normalize this conversation about mental health is continue to have it. So you will be hearing from some very special people on this podcast, people that have lost loved ones to suicide or overdose, uh, mental health professionals, people that are trudging the road through recovery right now as we speak, people that are on the other side and offering tips to all of us that are still under construction. Thank you for joining us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Broken Road to Mental Health. I'm very excited, and I'm only going to say it one time because I promised Katie before I would only say it one time, but we do have Katie McNichol here. Very good. Thank you. Just once. I had to get it off my chest. Katie, what is the name of the show that I'm referencing? Uh, Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. So highly recommend that show for everybody. It's a beautiful, beautiful love story of some beautiful, beautiful people. Okay, but that's not why we're here today. So Katie McNichol um, is just really incredible, has this wonderful platform on Instagram. Um, I've found her on Instagram through Jenna Delulio, who's been on this show before. And there's such a wonderful, wonderful sober community on social media and um, you are joining us all the way from the UK, cold in the UK. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. I get like a little giddy, so you're going to have to forgive me. Because in my world, if we could just talk about like mental health, sobriety, and how screwed up everything is, I'm very happy. Amen. <laughs> So Katie, will you please give the audience a little background on who you are and how you ended up having this huge platform on Instagram talking about your sobriety? Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm 26 and I stopped drinking when I was 24. So I'm two years sober on the 13th of November. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah so that's really exciting. I basically ever since ever, I knew that I drank differently to other people and slowly but surely it was just ruining my relationships, my mental health um, and I just knew that alcohol was just holding me back really, it just was making me not reach my potential and although from the outside looking at me, looking in, I don't think people would have realized that alcohol was as destructive as it was because I was very good at hiding it, as most people are. Mm. Um, but from the inside sort of out, I was just broken. I was really, really anxious. I was depressed for years and I didn't actually know that I was. I just thought I was hungover a lot of the time, which I was. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, no, I was, I was definitely depressed. And I just wasn't living my life to the fullest. So I tried to stop drinking for the very first time when I was 20. Mm. but then had four years of sort of toing and froing with sobriety and just really trying to wrap my head around not drinking and then thankfully I got the message when I was 24 so hopefully that was my last day one hopefully hopefully so the 13th is a great day I um 
started a company called 13th Avenue Media. I was born on the 13th. 13 is a great number, so I have a great hope for you. Hey, I was born on the 13th. Oh, when? May. May. I'm October 13th. Yay. So we're totally connected. (laughs) We are. Uh, So I understand that you had kind of this great example of what sobriety could look that look like through your father. Could you tell us a little bit about that, Katie? Yeah, sure. So my dad is 32 years sober. He stopped drinking when he was 27. Mm. And he has, you know, he's a miracle, really. I look at him and he was a massive source and still is a massive source of inspiration to me, not only in my sobriety and sort of mental health journey, but also in life. Like my dad grew up on a council estate in Scotland um, from a very, very poor family, had uh, obviously is an alcoholic. My uncle's also an alcoholic and my dad was in and out of prison. Um, He was homeless for a while and just had a very, all stemming from alcohol, of course. And then when he was 27, he got sober and now he is like, you know, sort of self-made entrepreneur. He's done really well in business. Um, He's done, he's really helpful, obviously, in the sober community, does a lot of service at AA. Um, So yeah, he's just, you know, I look at him and I'm just like, he's actually a miracle like if I, if I, I can't even imagine what his life was like when he was drinking my mum has never even seen him sip a glass of alcohol because he was one year sober when they met Aww. so yeah and like obviously me and my siblings have never seen him drink so alcohol sobriety has been really prevalent in my life uh, ever since ever and obviously you know how it is when you get sober you start to get sober friends you don't really hang around with the big drinkers anymore. So a lot of my family friends and family are sober. Mm, so we have a lot, alcoholism and sobriety is a really open dialogue in our house. And I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to get sober as young as I did, because I had this sort of shining example of what living a sober life looked like. And to me, it was not boring. It was not, you know, unfulfilling in any way. So it really, really helped me, I think. Yeah. Well, that's making me pause and tear up a little bit. (laughs) So I'm like, yay, yay. I'm so happy because, um, I too, you know, getting sober at 21, my husband, we've been married for 12 years. He's never, you know, we couldn't even imagine me having a drink. I'm such a nerd. Um, and I have a 17 year old stepson who in his, um, Instagram profile, it says, um, like, how is your mental health? You know, the fact that he is even mentioning it on his social media, um, it's not to say that it's a testament to me and what I've done, but it's certainly an open conversation and how that can have such a, a huge generational impact on life. Because I don't know this for sure without knowing you or your dad yet. Who knows? Maybe there's a visit coming. We don't Definitely. know this. <laughs> My uh, cousin Selena and Derek have been begging me to come. So um, who knows? But I think that when it is an open conversation, we do have such a great opportunity to change because me growing up and getting sober at 21, the conversation was not happening. There were not a lot of young people getting sober. There was no such thing as social media. So it never really, the only thing that looked attractive was what was happening around me, which was a lot of alcohol 
and a lot of people continuing to stay on that path. So I have definitely been more of the, um, the outcast um, and I will join a nice big family wedding in December and um, potentially a good opportunity to see some of that active alcoholism. Um, love how this will go over when my family watches this, but you know, it is what yeah, it but, is. You know, it is what it is. And you're, you're so right. Like I admire, you know, my, my uncle, so my dad's one of four, mm. one of four boys and he's the youngest and the eldest is my uncle Alan, who actually right before today on this podcast, I was just having a coffee in the town where I live and he just walked in. So we had a coffee together. And mm-hmm. so he's like in his seventies now and he's like 36 mm-hmm. years sober or something. Ow. Yeah, amazing. An amazing, amazing man. And he is the one who sort of introduced my dad to AA and introduced my dad to sobriety when he was going through it. Mm-hmm. And I just was looking at him and I just thought like, I hope you know the impact that you've had because you've just completely changed the trajectory of this Mm. whole family, like a whole generation worth of of people. Because I I stopped when I was 24. My brother stopped when he was 27. My cousins just stopped and she was 29. Like, you know, so, and oh, sorry, my other cousin, he stopped when he was 32. So, Mm. and all, you know, you can't help but wonder, would we have stopped if we didn't have this sort of shining light of, example I mean I would have hoped that we would but the chances are probably less likely if we yeah. didn't have them as role models to to show us what living sober looks like yeah I mean it's so true and it for sure it made an impact and you know there's great hope for the future because of that um you know I, I really and truly mean it when I say if I could just spend my time having conversations about mental health depression suicidal tendencies alcoholism you know I just think that the world would be a better place and we're moving in that direction especially because of wonderful platforms like Instagram and TikTok where there's an opportunity to reach more people and to show people that to be young and sober is actually you know a great thing I mean I can't tell you how many people when I was 21 walking into Alcoholics Anonymous would say like I drank more than you, blah, 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 you know, because they were all a lot older than me. (laughs) I was the youngest, you know, uh, amongst a a, a sea of elders, but I'm so grateful for them because they taught me so much. So Katie, tell me about now, um, well, let's touch on anxiety (laughs) for a moment, if you will. (laughs) So (laughs) I love me some anxiety. So um, (laughs) I definitely suffered terribly from depression. Just so you know, I was suicidal my first year of sobriety. All of my um, mental illness, uh, you know, coincide with my alcoholism, but it was much better controlled when I wasn't thinking, which meant I was drinking or using. Um, It was when the alcohol was taken away and I was left with my own brain cells um, that I really struggled so terribly. And it was a long journey and I still do uh, a mental health workout every day. So let's talk about um, your own anxiety. Like when did, when, what was the onset of that? Um, I don't know, it's sort of hard to pinpoint it. I think I totally relate to what you just said then about when you were drinking or using, like it, it was escapism. Like for me, it was escapism. And I don't think I ever really dealt with my anxiety or my depression sort of head on unless I was in, 
bouts of sobriety I mean from when I was 20 to 24 I didn't realize that I was depressed until I stopped drinking and um, because you have the clarity of mind don't you to go oh actually I don't feel well this isn't right and so I um I've, I've you know obviously had bouts of depression since I was probably 19 um and I've had sort of anxiety as well coupled up with that I felt like when I stopped drinking when I was 24 that okay if I stop drinking then all my anxiety will just go away surely that's the magic pill to um to do to do that I'll just stop drinking but obviously unfortunately it's not as simple as that and I it was a rude awakening when I realized that actually it's something that you've got to work on every single day um as well as your sobriety it's a work in progress progress not perfection it's not an overnight thing and honestly I think some of the worst times in my mental health were in my first year of sobriety and it really shocked me like I remember I was 11 months sober and I think around that time of year like now this time of year for me you're coming on to a, a milestone you get really reflective and you're thinking about the future and you know I really struggled in my um, month 11 um not sort of like where I was like oh I'm gonna drink but it was just I was just really struggling with my mental health an emotional rock bottom um as you like to call it but and, and to be honest with you and I will be very honest with you I am I mean last night like right now in this very moment I am not um in the best head space at the moment I feel really really anxious and um kind of depressed I've got a few depressive symptoms at the moment and last night I was in bed and I just burst out crying and you know you just burst out crying and like no reason mm -hmm. and you're just like oh my god I was just so overwhelmed so today I woke up and I've you know done everything on my mental health checklist like I've done my gratitude I've done yoga I've gone for a walk I've eaten whole healthy food and um, spoke to friends but you know I'm coming up two years sober and I still have days like this where I just want to cry and it's just I have to accept that these days I'm never going to go anywhere. It's how you deal with them and don't give up and try and get through and also allow yourself to feel the feels because in, in times gone by, I beat myself up about feeling bad and it's just counterproductive because you just inevitably make yourself feel worse than you already do. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I'm really open about my mental health on social media. I try uh, to, because sometimes it's hard to say in the moment when you're feeling very vulnerable on social media, but I do try and say either in the moment or after the, after the moment that I'm really not feeling great. Um, because I think it's important, social media, as much as it is ama an amazing tool for spreading the message, I'm also really against toxic positivity. And I just don't, yes. I just, yeah, I just don't believe that people should say all the time, oh, I feel great, I'm so grateful. I'm so, some days I'm not grateful. Sometimes yeah. I'm not. Sometimes I'm. Sometimes I'm absolutely fuming, and mm. and and that's in sobriety, you know. Like, right. and that's normal. That's okay to feel like that. So, you know, this morning I said on my story, "Hi, you know, I feel shit. If you feel shit, just know you're not alone." <laughs> I feel like <laughs> shit too. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's an important thing to say. Um, so, this, the sorry, the point I'm trying to make is that sobriety has been an amazing thing for me 
to get to grips with my mental health to accept that mm. I am probably always going to feel like this, but having the clarity of mind to know that this too shall pass. Tomorrow is a new day and I'll feel better. I will feel better. Yeah, my goodness. I'm like so proud of you for saying that. I completely agree about um, positive toxicity. Didn't even know that was a term until I saw it really. Um, it was it was aggravating me so much to see online, especially during this pandemic and this crucial oh. time for people to not express positive toxicity because it is, um, it, it can be very damaging. It can yeah, be very, very And, um, you know, because I'm in, I myself am in the business world. I hear a lot of, oh, well, you know, don't talk about that because, you know, we don't want people to think, and you being as authentic and as transparent as you are showing people that, well, this is actual reality. Like we're not, it's not rainbows and butterflies every day, people. Mm-hmm. Being sober mm-hmm. is actually the hardest thing in the world, especially when you come from a place where every time you had a feeling, um, something happened in the world that was tragic, we drank or we drugged. And mm-hmm. now it's how am I going to go through this and not act out? Um, you know, uh, with a drink, with drugs, sexually, with food, you know, just with yeah. like being, you know. Yeah. Very- yeah. yeah. And I think that's the one of the hardest things that I found in sobriety, and I'm sure people relate as well, is like feeling your emotions. Mm. Like I, I remember when I first, first got sober, I had the feeling I was embarrassed by something. I hadn't mm. felt that emotion of embarrassment since honestly, I was probably about six years old. And I went home and bear in mind, I was a 24 year old young woman. I went mm. home and I cried my eyes out because I felt so embarrassed. It was like I'd gone back in time to being six years old. I would have drank on that if I felt embarrassed or I never felt embarrassed because I was just drunk. And you just like, oh, that's embarrassing. So whatever, I was drunk. Like you, you brush it off. But to have to feel feelings like that um, in sobriety is it's it's raw like it it's really raw and I think it's important to to share those moments and sometimes I do find on social media um accounts aren't honest about the bad days Mm. and it's actually those accounts that make me feel like shit so I would rather just be really really honest um on social media about that even though sometimes it is quite difficult (laughs) to get the words out (laughs) it is Yeah. I'm a crier. I mean, I've cried twice since you've been talking. People are used to me, like just. just I'm a crier. Yeah. Just being a flippant mess. Yeah. We're emotional people, especially alcoholics. It even says in the literature, we are sensitive people. Um, I think that is so true. And I think that more people need to hear that message and see that message. We interrupt this awesome podcast to tell you about our sponsor, Thai Technology. They are a voice over IP phone company with superior voice services to businesses across the United States. So get this, Thai Technology only takes on referral customers. What does that mean? Their entire client roster is filled with satisfied customers. So why do I love them so much? Because they're the very best when it comes to excellence in customer services. So they're local here in Tampa Bay, but that doesn't mean that they can't service your amazing organization. If you mention this podcast 
to Thai Technology, you will get the first three months for free. So don't forget to mention the broken road to mental health in life and in business. Thanks for listening. Now let's talk about the fact that you got sober during a very, very difficult time in the world. Yes. So um, kudos to you for that. Thank um, you. Yeah, welcome. And uh, I remember in March of 2020, when uh, the pandemic, when we were all shutting down, I would immediately think, I don't know how I would have gotten sober through this. So I started um, a recovery journey to mental wellness meeting on Saturdays that's on Zoom um, that I've been doing ever since. Because of that exact fact, like I was bad enough to stop drinking at 21 and changing my whole life and going through the traumatic thoughts and feelings that were happening. But to do it in a pandemic where there is not a lot of hugging or seeing a lot of people and being with people in the same room, don't know. Uh, so really very brave to do that. So what has it been like for you, Katie? Are, are you guys, are you going to anything social now in person? Like, what is it like for you in the UK? Yeah, so it's pretty much like back to normal now. Like it's... um obviously you know you can wear masks in certain places and stuff but it's not compulsory for us to wear masks mm-hmm. um it's, I don't even think social distancing is compulsory anymore it's pretty much back to normal mm-hmm. everyone's double vaccinated so well unless you're obviously against the vaccine but most people are double vaccinated mm-hmm. um so yeah it's pretty much normal life to be honest I got sober in the November and then I actually did a geographic and (laughs) moved to Australia on my own and Mm. my sister lives there already and so I moved out there I was there for 10 weeks and then COVID came and I lost my job my flat everything I lost thousands of pounds of deposit for a house uh, for for, for, on my flat Um, and within 24 hours so I went to work on the Thursday and on the Saturday evening I was back in Manchester like Mm. it was the most stressful situation in the world and also during that 10 weeks I found a flat uh just before I moved into one of my own with a flatmate who was actually a drinking alcoholic using drug addict Mm. and I didn't realize that at the time when I moved in with her but it became very clear within the first sort of 48 hours to be honest um of her situation which was absolutely heartbreaking uh, to watch but also kind of a bit of a danger zone for me as someone who was literally six weeks over mm. to move into that sort of volatile environment was very stressful so and then COVID came so my first sort of three months of sobriety were the most testing mm. ever and actually I look back and I'm like Casey I can't believe you didn't drink I actually can't believe like it's a miracle that I didn't mm. drink I honestly mm. truly believe that because I was stressed to the point of I mean I was googling symptoms of a nervous breakdown because I I thought I was having a nervous breakdown and um so I came home and I was literally obviously then we were in the thick of a global pandemic which obviously shook everyone's world I also had to say goodbye to my sister overnight I've not seen her now for over 18 months Mm -hmm. it's just so stressful um but I look back and I think I'm actually really grateful for that because now I feel like whenever I feel like oh you know craving or whatever if you can do that sober you can do anything sober and so I'm so glad in a way but um the global pandemic I actually tried to spin on a positive because I thought well at least you can get 
a year minimum of sustained sobriety behind you mm-hmm. before you have to go out into the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just tried to view it positively mm-hmm. rather than negatively. I did AA on Zoom, which was mm-hmm. a godsend. I mean, Zoom yes. is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. I couldn't live without FaceTime. I don't know how I just couldn't live. Well, I wouldn't be able to speak to my sister. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be able to survive without it. But um, I think I underestimated my anxiety around going back to normal because when our lockdowns were lifted I was very comfortable in my sobriety very fine hadn't really registered the fact that I hadn't left the house for a year (laughs) um but then when it actually came to it I was like oh wow I actually feel a bit this is actually kind of weird like this is kind of new and stuff but like I said I tried to view it as a positive I had the sustained sobriety behind me I'd done a lot of the work Mm -hmm lots of um and also I built this amazing community on Instagram yeah in the lockdown so without the lockdown I wouldn't have made my blog because I wouldn't have had the time I'd have been working you know and so I I feel that that was another positive that came out of the lockdown for me is building the sober girl I love it so talk to me about sober girl let's let's hear about it so when did you start the blog so I started the blog actually on my first well, not my first day one, geez, oh, not my first day one, um, but my last day one, uh-huh. I started the blog and I was anonymous on it for six months. I just looked at other sobers and then I got to six months sober and I just thought, actually, I kind of want to start documenting my journey because I felt like I was 24 and mm-hmm. um, so was quite young and I just thought it might be quite good to hold myself accountable but also help others I also love writing I've got an English degree so I just thought it'd be great to use that as well I get creative with it so yeah it's just uh, my first Instagram handle was 20 something sober mm. but then I realized that I kind of wanted to be sober into my 30s and beyond yeah so I changed it to this sober girl and I love it you know like I've been really really blessed to meet people in real life now that I met online and I've got friends all over the world and like Australia and America and that you know that I'm meeting like I've got a friend that who lives in America who's coming over for the Christmas party and stuff and like it's just amazing so it's definitely held me accountable and it helped me a lot in early sobriety, especially during the lockdown. But now it's more for, it's more for other people now than it is for me. And as even just saying to my mum the other day, like I used to have so much to say on there um, for my own self, like brain dump. Yeah. Now, now it's switched to like, what do other people want to hear? Yeah. you know that's that's the switch so it's been interesting journey on socials <laughs> yeah and the community is fantastic um mm-hmm. I want to so let's talk a little bit about some of um the resources and and help that's out there for people that might be struggling today listening to this or watching this um you know for me and for your dad and your uncle you know there was only one choice well yeah I think so I think it was either you go to AA or <laughs> you white knuckle this whole bad boy. (laughs) Mm, Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now there's, there's so many different resources and I, I know for sure, I'll be very honest with you before I wrote my own book, um, in 2019, I probably, I probably would have looked down at other people that weren't getting sober through the program. I definitely would. 
Definitely would like, oh, it's not going to work and have my own judgments because of course, you know, that's what had kept me sober for so long. So I'm pretty easy on myself about it now. Um, and I remember reading uh, uh, Russell Brand's book. Did you read his book by any chance? I've not read it, but I've heard of it. So good. So good. Yeah. And I read that book and it really pissed me off. <laughs> it pissed me off because he was talking about this before I wrote my own book. He was talking about sobriety and how somebody that's not in AA could get sober or could go through life without having a drink or a drug. And then of course I opened up to it and he's funny as all get out. So I loved it. And then I started just seeing all these other wonderful communities and all these other resources. So I saw that you, um, by looking at Instagram just today, you were talking about sober October, never heard of it. And then what did, what did you call November? <laughs> So basically my dad's Scottish okay. and all, obviously all his family is Scottish and my uncle James sadly passed away now, but he said to, to my dad once, um, there's no point in doing sober October if you're then going to go and do can he remember November. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Which That's is so amazing. true. Like why would you just go straight on the bevy in November? What's the point? Right. Yeah. yeah. So you have um, kind of brought this community together and you, you just talk about what it's like being sober. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I try and talk a lot about mental health and also self-care because I never looked after myself when I was drinking. I thought I did because I thought if I go to the gym four times a week, then I'm not an alcoholic. So right. in terms of fitness, I have always been into fitness. I've always been into beauty products and self-care and having a long bath and stuff but in my sobriety I've really noticed how important that is for my survival and my sobriety just taking stock and then it and just like chilling out and just looking after number one so I share a lot about like beauty products and stuff that I'm loving at the moment as well because I also think as well in my sobriety I was terrified that through going sober I would just like only be interested in that and like people would only know me for that and I, I wouldn't be a girly girl anymore I wouldn't be like sexy or confident or glam or I couldn't like get dressed up or go out so mm. I try I try and show a lot of my life on social media because I still do all those things because mm -hmm. I want people to feel like you can be a sober female and be empowered and sexy and confident and do all those things without alcohol so mm. I talk about all of that as well female empowerment Love it. Yes. Look, look at me. You are gorgeous, darling. Look at you. <laughs> I never thought I would, me and Jenna uh, Delulio talked about how I remember thinking um, when I was in early sobriety that um, it was just horrible that I wouldn't be able to drink at my wedding and I wasn't even dating anybody. <laughs> so, so much comes along with it. And I, I yes. never thought I'd be able to succeed because I spent so much of the time when everybody was going off to college and, you know, I, I was just a blackout addicted, you know, person. I never thought I'd be able to do anything with my life. And today, you know, owning two businesses and writing a book, like we can do so much and really women building each other up, not just in sobriety, but in life is just vital. And I oh come gosh, yeah. from a place where you know, I, I do one day want to have this conversation. Maybe we'll do a part two. I don't even know if it's a thing, but I know growing up in um, a fam, an Irish family, um, 
humility um, and not sharing really anything about yourself is, especially online, is not something everybody's excited about, right? And I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, we all did a Zoom together, my family in Ireland and, and the UK, and it was wonderful. But so many of my family hadn't read my book and they knew about it because for whatever reason they didn't, it doesn't matter to me. Um, but there's something to be said about how a lot is not talked about and you have gone to the complete extreme. So I'm, I'm I guess I'm wondering if that is shifting um, even as well as we all evolve as human beings, is it shifting where you live to, to not be so guarded about what, what you're thinking? yeah it's a huge um change especially with AA I mean the clues in the name anonymous is mm. it's always been secretive especially yeah. back in the day it's like oh my god if you're an alcoholic like oh like something <laughs> wrong with you yeah. and I think even you know when my dad was getting sober that that was that was it and that's why I think there is such a huge stigma around the word alcoholic yeah. which is dangerous because it prevents people getting help like I did not want to be an alcoholic I, right. I mean who wants to be an alcoholic who who wants to be like, I want to be an alcoholic of course not right. but you know these are the cards that you've been dealt you accept it and whether you want to label yourself or not it's not important nobody mm. cares whatever you call yourself I don't care I just don't drink like mm. and and that's and that's how I I understand why people uh do label themselves because if it helps you do it like I I'm not bothered but I do feel like in the age of social media now people are a lot more loud about their recovery which I think is great I think people laugh at it a lot which I think personally is great some people don't some people say you shouldn't laugh at addiction it's destructive and dangerous I totally agree I've got family members right now still in active addiction and it's heartbreaking like I'm not you know I, I totally agree with that however if you can laugh at things I feel like it takes the shame out of it and yeah. um, there's a lot of shame a lot of guilt around and regret obviously around addiction and so that's why social media is good uh, because I think it makes people feel empowered and it breaks down the stigma of alcoholics and um I mean people look at me and they're like I get messages all the time on social media. If I ever say on my story, refer to myself as an alcoholic, people message me and say, oh, I used to relate to you, but now I don't. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. That's just like so crazy. Not amazing, crazy. Because how, how can just that one little word change everything, you know? And people unfollow me. And I just think oh, that's, that's yeah. so crazy that, but I'm not going to not say, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not because I am. And that's how I, I am. So it's just interesting that the, that the word has, um, I think slowly, slowly, slowly over time, it will change because mm. it's already changed so much. And hopefully with pages like mine and Jenna's and mm. all these amazing sobriety pages, whether you're an alcoholic or not, people will feel more empowered to just not drink because that's the important bit, isn't it? Yeah, you just don't drink. So whatever, who cares? It's whatever works for you. Yes. And you know, it's so funny because uh, even before I released my book, I had to have a lot of talks with people that are in recovery with me. And I I got a lot of pushback. Nobody wanted me to write it. Yeah. 
That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. And I, I actually was told it was recommended to me to not put Alcoholics Anonymous. So I had to have my book edited to take it out and just say 12 step recovery. Me, I don't care. I mean, one of the chapters in my book is I smoked crack. So I don't really think that there's like, I care factor going yeah. on about labels or whatever anybody else wants to think, but mm. that there's only one way. And I say this, and I don't know, I think the intro to my show, the only way to remove the stigma of anything is to normalize it by continuing to talk about it. Yeah. We have yeah. to talk about it in order for people to understand that there's nothing wrong. It's just like any other disease, what we got going yeah. on, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So before we go, Katie, because you know what? So many people have short attention spans and I could talk to you for two hours, but I want you to tell everybody about your upcoming Christmas party. Oh, yes. So it was always a dream to be able to do sort of like so sober events for people but obviously given the fact I got sober during a global pandemic where the whole world was locked indoors uh, <laughs> it put a bit of a hold on things so when we got set free I did my first sober event and it was this sober yoga and we had tea coffee and cake and did a yoga session and it was just amazing sisterhood of sobriety and it was just amazing nice. so the next one is on December the 4th and it is this sober Christmas party. Mm. I just find that obviously the festive season is insanely boozy. <laughs> and there's, you know, it can be really, really a very daunting season for people who want to cut back or go sober or whatever. So I just wanted to make an event where people can meet, eat, drink alcohol free and be merry together. So that's what it is. So Manchester. It's in Manchester on Saturday, December the 4th. Well, I'm completely jelly. So just so you know, I hope you think of me that day. I will be in New Orleans at my younger brother's wedding. And there'll be nothing sober about it except this face <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'll be thinking of you, honey. Thank you so much for joining everybody. Please follow Katie. I couldn't help it, Katie. At this sober girl. And um, I will be sure to be following you. And I hope to see you again. I hope we can have another conversation at another time. Definitely. Anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you, Katie. Don't forget to check out Thai Technology. Anyone that mentions this podcast or the Facebook show will receive three free months of service. T-I-E, technology, check them out.